And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the only podcast on the internet where I sit down behind a microphone <laughs> and apparently just adopt the catchphrase I had from uh, that other show I did, uh, did because it's over with. Welcome back. This is the Constitutionals. Let's get into it. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today that I want to talk about today. So as soon as I find uh, the thing. Okay, so this week. Very special, very, very exciting. Something I've been wanting to do for the past, I've been meaning to do for the past like four months <laughs> is watch a movie called The Death of Stalin. <laughs> it's uh, great. Uh, I had a really good time watching it. I actually, I'm not going to lie, I was going to lie, but before I'm not going to, uh, I am actually not done with it yet. I started watching it last night. Uh, I watched an hour and a half. I have maybe 15 minutes left or 20 minutes left. I don't know. Uh, and I am, because I was tired. That doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, the movie's wonderful. It, like, like, like the title implies, it follows Stalin after he dies. Uh, then Steve Buscemi, well, not after he dies, but it follows his team after he dies. Uh, Steve Buscemi, hey, let's see who else, and uh, Jeffrey Tambor, they lead the movie. Very good. Very good cast. Very uh, white cast. Very funny cast. <laughs> a very, a very, a, a, they can do anything with this cast, with the script, Armando Iannucci is the director and the, I believe the writer too. Yeah. He also wrote it with David Schneider and Ian Martin. Uh, Armando, you might know him from Veep. <laughs> I hope you would know him from Veep. Very good at what he does. Uh, his team is very, the team is also very good. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know if it's, it's a, apparently it's a very historical accurate movie. Uh, which is good, which is always what you want to hear when it comes to these things. So there you go. That is Stalin. Wonderful. I finally watched it. Did not watch uh, blind spotting <laughs> yet, but I will. I will. I have apparently that was death of Stalin was in, uh, it expired December 17th and I still have a couple hours to watch that. So I'll do it. Uh, Elseworlds came on this week, which was the Arrowverse crossover. They did, uh, didn't include, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, nor did it introduce Black Lightning, but there's a wrinkle at the end of the crossover. They're going to do they They now are going to do crisis on infinite earths. I love crisis. I love the crises series when it comes to DC. That's what they, it's what it's, it's one thing about these comic book movies that, that gets me is that they never embrace the insanity that is, and I, you know what? I will say that, uh, maybe guardians of the galaxy and, uh, hmm. I don't know what else. <laughs> I really don't know. Oh, Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool and X-Men uh, Days of Future Past are the only ones that really accept. And uh, maybe Batman Forever, too. Is that the one? Is that the first one Tim Burton did? I believe so. Uh, Batman Forever. Wonderful. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I love all the Batman movies. I have, I'm looking at the I have the collection over there and I'm trying to see it's Batman. <laughs> uh, Batman Returns, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin. So Batman Forever is really good. Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, but uh, but DC is like none, none of these movies, none of these superhero movies uh, embrace the the comic ability of these movies that they like in that the if you read if you read uh, paperbacks, the trade backs, whatever they're called, the collections, the omnibuses of the comics. What are those called? If you if you never read those, then you never really like comics are stupid. Comics can tell a great story. Uh, they can have these great character moments. Uh, they can, they can be uh, engaging or depressive, but in the end, 
comics with superheroes are just stupid, especially like Civil War. I love the Civil War. This is why I hated the Civil War movie. Like I legitimately did not like that movie. Uh, but the Civil War comics where it's all these where it's all these Marvel characters getting mad at each other because some want to register for the government and some don't. <laughs> It's insane. It's political. It's great. It's uh, fun. You have to read a whole bunch of comics just to understand it. But in the end, it's it, it's stupid. It kind of makes a little bit of sense. Uh, when you watch the movie, it's just 12 people who are mad at each other for some reason. You can really hear that thing outside. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to move quickly because uh, and Elseworlds really was that. Uh, Elseworlds did the thing where it introduced... A bunch of these characters and uh it did tie up like if you're watching the if you mainly if you watched flash and if you watch a little bit of like if you know what arrow is doing this season uh which is uh oliver went to jail at the end of last season and he was in jail for half this season now he's out i think i don't know i, st- I i'm about three episodes behind <laughs> what i did yesterday so I watched Elseworlds. I watched the the Flash episode. I watched the Green Arrow episode, the Arrow episode. They don't call it Green Arrow. Then I watched the Supergirl episode. I watched the Supergirl episode in the morning uh, while I was at work, while I was waiting to get something to do. I wasn't just goofing off. I was waiting to get something to do <laughs> and to be assigned something. And I, and I started watching this Elseworlds thing, managed to finish it. And then after that, I started reading. I'm way behind on Supergirl. I am a half a season Plus the first half of the season behind. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not trying to catch up. So, so what I did was I wanted to initially, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. It's super girl. It's stupid. It's about, it's about a girl who's mad because she can't fight because she likes a boy or something like that. <laughs> That's why I stopped watching it because of Mon-El. And, uh, so I started reading all the, the, <laughs> the Wikipedia entries for Supergirl from the half of last season. I missed it from the top of this season. I missed it. And now I'm caught up and I will never watch those episodes again. She's not working for the DEO again anymore so that's fine the president was outed as an alien i knew that much uh her sister alex is in charge of the deo probably still a lesbian because <laughs> i made a point of <laughs> mentioning that in every episode every line she spoke <laughs> they did a great job uh juggling characters this time i you know i miss the legends uh, and I'm definitely not caught up on that show. I think that show is great, though. Uh, I miss the legends. Uh, I do not see where they could fit in here. Uh, they did have they they uh, Caitlin and uh, Caitlin Snow, Killer Frost and Cisco Ramon and Vibe. Uh, they were in every single episode as were. Let's see who else is in every single episode. Uh, Deegan, the monitor. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, Batwoman was in every every single episode. Uh, this new villain that they introduced, Psycho Pirate, who I had to read up on. I only recognized his mask. I did not recognize anything else. Nora Freeze was in here. Uh, all, all great. It was, it was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at Brainiac Five, and I'm just thinking that how stupid of a character this is. Uh, they have, they have everybody in here that that you'd expect. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's great fun. I urge you to watch it next year. I hope. What I what I read on comicbook.com, I believe, what I read or screen rant, one of those, who cares? What I read was that uh, for Crisis, they could finally bring all these worlds together and then just have these uh, like Black Lightning and Supergirl finally bring them into the Arrowverse proper. And so there won't be any excuse for them not to know that each other exists. 
And I think Black Lightning is uh, wrapped. Is what I was told. I was phys- I was told by this from somebody who tried to get a role on there, uh, who currently works with me. And I and I said, oh, they're wrapped. That's insane. They might be doing a short season. I don't know. I don't know any things. But anyway, Elseworlds great. Nailed it. Holiday. <laughs> Let's move on. Nailed it. Holiday edition. Nailed it. If you don't know what Nailed It is, Nailed It is a uh, competition cooking show on Netflix. It's great. It's wonderful. Nicole Byers, the host, and has a bunch of other uh, alternative comedians in there joining her. John Gabris, uh, Jay Chandler Sekar, who's the, who was in the Super Troopers. He's the brown guy, the only brown person, <laughs> part of Broken Lizard. <laughs> uh, let's see, Lauren Lapkus, just a whole bunch of people. Really great show. I love it. Uh, Jacques Torres is her side, her her uh, co-host. Also, he lost a lot of weight. <laughs> he lost a lot of weight and got some white teeth. <laughs> You could tell this man, this man got that Netflix money <laughs> and then he went to work on himself. He looks good though. Nailed it holiday. Watch it. These people think they're really good, really good bakers. They're not, they're horrible. Uh, and I think that's all the things that I want to talk about for that first half. Oh Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Real quick. I want to do one story because apparently I wrote, I put in four things here that uh, need to be talked about. More commercials for Hulu during binge breaks. So this is something that came in uh, literally as I got off of the, as I, as I ended recording and I put my computer down and I was transferring the video and the audio and I was looking through the new, my uh, Feedly feed and, uh, and I saw this and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I would love to talk about this. Um, what so uh, Hulu is, uh, if you don't know, used to be a free platform that created by uh, all three, the three of the four major broadcast networks, everybody except for CBS. And they got together. They said, hey, let's get everybody to watch these shows online. They're like, sure, why not? This is before streaming became huge. And so, and this is, I, I've my Hulu account and my Netflix account are the oldest accounts, I guarantee it. Uh, or some of the oldest accounts, or a couple of the oldest accounts. And so you so you could watch Hulu for free, blah, blah, blah. Jump to, I don't know, like seven years later, they made it, you had to pay $8.00. Uh, f- to watch it and you still got ads. You still got ads no matter what. Um, and then you pay $12. You have no ads. Now, here's what they want to introduce. Now that uh, AT&T owns a lot of Hulu. No, no, no. Disney owns a lot of Hulu. I don't know what the hell's going on here then. <laughs> I could say hell. Uh, according to a report in Variety, this is from Slash Film, who found the story via Variety. Viva Variety. That is a, an old show. Hulu and AT&T are both exploring options to insert commercials in between streaming binge breaks. So you're watching Superstore like I am. It's a wonderful show. I don't know why I put it off for so long. And uh, yeah, an episode ends. Yeah, I have the no commercial option. The episode ends. No episode is supposed to begin. Nuh-uh. <laughs> they want to put an ad right there. Hulu plans to unveil, this is quote unquote, pause ads in 2019. Ads that will pop up when users hit pause on whatever show they happen to be breezing through. <laughs> As binge viewing, uh, this is a quote from Jeremy Helfand, uh, vice president and head of advertising platforms. As binge viewing happens more and more, it's natural they are going to want to pause. Uh, it's natural break in the storytelling experience. No, sir. Uh, similar story. Let's see. Direct TV now. So these are two separate things, two separate entities right now. I thought they were one for seven for a second. Even though AT&T, I think, does Turner own, Turner owns like what, 5% of Hulu, something like that. AT&T, who, uh, who's the owner of DirecTV, they're going to start putting in, this is a quote, 
full motion video on a screen on a <laughs> on a screen when a user decides to take a respite. <laughs> That's the weirdest way to describe something. We're going to take a full motion video on a screen when a viewer decides to take a respite. That's my fancy voice. We know you're going to capture 100% viewability when they pause and unpause. There's a lot of value in that experience, said Matt Van Houten. Oh, it must be Millhouse's cousin, vice president of product at AT&T's advertising division. So, so when streaming started uh, and commercials were an issue only on uh, cable and broadcast, people were ecstatic to not have this, this you know, deluge of uh, commercials hitting their faces. And now... We get commercials hitting our faces and uh, they're really pissing people off. You know, I mean, you know, you ask the wrong person and people will go, though that person will tell you, well, I haven't seen a commercial in 15 years. I've only, I cut the cord and I only stream my content and I binge watch it. I hate those words, but, uh, you know, it makes sense because you know, these advertisers need to make money. I'm, it sounds like I'm taking the side of the of them. I'm not. Uh, but these advertisers need to make money. And the what's the easiest way to do it is to start inserting ads within the spaces that are not not usually added, added breaked. For DirecTV now, it makes sense. For Hulu, I'm, I'm not so sure. If it's the $8 plan, plan, that's fine. If it's the $40 plan with the Hulu with live TV that includes commercials, I think that's fine. But still, you know, $40 is still less than uh, the normal. <laughs> Sorry, it's got... <laughs> Just check my phone. Uh, I should put this over there. I was meant, I meant to time the this podcast with this stupid phone, but now that I forgot to start it, now I have to make sure I have to watch the thing. Um but uh, but ads ads are ads are a tricky business. I remember uh, for all right. So for Amazon Prime, uh, you know, if uh, if you if you load up the app on your phone, and this is a twelve dollars service, and there's usually no commercials, but you get commercials for uh, for as as of now, you get the commercials uh, for whatever shows are on Amazon, and it's only Amazon Prime Originals that you get commercials for. You get ads, and they're maybe ten seconds long. You can skip them, uh, and it's only when you open up the app. It's only one that Hulu, you, of course, you pay eight dollars. You get ads for everything during every commercial break. Netflix, you don't get ads. There was a point, I think, two years ago when Netflix started, you know, testing out ads for uh, users, you know, just for like a handful of users and people lost their stuff and uh, they reacted like children <laughs> and they don't realize that. <laughs> You only pay, you pay $10 a month for the service. I think it's now 12. You pay $12 a month for the service and they give you thousands of hours of movies and shows uh, that you'll never be able to see all of. <laughs> and, and then every single week, they give you new things every single week and you get pissy because, and it was only, and it was only ads for their stuff, kind of the way Amazon does it. So it's only ads for their stuff and you get pissy because they started doing that. I get that you don't want to watch commercials, but if it's an, if it's an ad for, if, if I'm watching, uh, nailed it on, on Netflix and, uh, and I'm finished with the season and they're showing me a commercial or a trailer for, uh, that Christmas movie with, uh, what's the, what's the Christmas movie they have up now? The new one, the new one that came out in 2018. If you're watching this in the future, what is the movie? I don't care. I don't care what it is. Actually, I gotta, I gotta know what this movie is. <laughs> This is really bothering me. I can find it faster on my phone. 
excuse me, I'm not answering any text message or emails because I got none. <laughs> What's this movie called? <laughs> I got to fill the air and the American meme. What is this? Oh my God. I'm going to kill myself. This friggin' things exist. The Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> That's what's called Kurt Russell. I could have said Mowgli. I could have said Dumplin. Uh, two movies I will watch uh, in a second, <laughs> in a second, <laughs> but, but let me finish this before I have to take a break. Uh, but yeah, but if they want to do uh, after I finish nailed it the holiday, they want to put a commercial up for a trailer for the Christmas Chronicles. Go do it. It is at pay $12 a month. Let them do it. If they're advertising their own shows. It's worthwhile. Uh, I don't see people are pissy about everything. And you know, you think you're, you think you're guaranteed something. You're not, you're not, trust me. This comes from a guy who had no job like three weeks ago, <laughs> four weeks ago. Uh, let's take a break and then I'll come back to you with some more stuff. Give me a second. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> let's not pretend. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. I did a little false start there on the coming back of this podcast. <laughs> I just screamed out and we're back. <laughs> Uh, right, right before I had to go, I brought up another article that was, uh, that was actually intrinsically tied into, uh, direct TV. Now <laughs> at and direct TV. Now I have two more things I want to talk about. So I got to speed through this really quick. Uh, CEO Randall Stevenson, this comes from multichannel.com St- CEO Randall Stevenson said at and plans to tweak, uh, VMVPD to where it's profitable. <sighs> okay. This article is called AT&T's New Direct TV Now Plan, Thin Out the Bundle, Reset the Price Point to $15.60. Now, if you don't know, Direct TV Now is uh, AT&T's streaming uh, cable service. I guess, yeah, streaming cable service. And uh, I only say cables because that's the only word I, I know for something that holds Comedy Central and CNN. I don't know why I'm just picking out the things. Uh, MSNBC. E news, all these things. Uh, so that's why Hulu Live TV is still cable, PlayStation View is still cable, uh, YouTube TV is still cable. Okay, so Direct TV now uh, is that version of that, but for Direct TV and stuff. Speaking at the U.S. UBS Global Media and Communications Conference earlier this week, AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson said work is underway to thin out the content, which means they're going. Well, I read this last week. They're going to cut channels. <laughs> They're going to cut the channels that apparently you don't watch if you subscribe to DirecTV now. So if you're not watching the Hallmark channel enough, but you're watching a lot of Lifetime, they're going to try to keep Lifetime and they're going to get rid of if enough people aren't watching the Hallmark channel. Excuse me. Uh, So right now it's about thirty five to forty dollars. Well, it was thirty five dollars and then they moved it up to forty dollars this summer. And now they're going to try to go maybe 60 bucks at most. They have a uh, built-in two million subscriber base, uh, but we're. This is from uh, Stevenson, but we were asking this Directv Now product uh, to do too much work, so we're thinning out the content and getting the price point right, getting it where to where it's profitable. I think with the, I'm gonna go ahead and put in my two cents. I think what the issue is. When DirecTV Now launched, it had all these issues. It was buggy. It wasn't working a lot of time and people and they, but they came in with this. Uh, you pay like you pay you pay up front for three months. You get a free Roku. You get an Apple TV. You get a free Apple TV. Uh, you subscribe for three months for ten dollars for three months. So they had crazy deals. And then they're and this is before they set the price point. They're like, but OK, but we'll tell you the price point in a second. And then they finally set the price point. And I guess some people kept it. Some people didn't. Uh, 
but now $40, and especially $40 is a little, a little bit too much to only be watching on your phone or your laptop or, and I think I would believe they have a Roku app, but, uh, for me, for somebody like me, you know, I only watch, I have a PS4, I have an Xbox, I have a Nintendo switch. I don't watch anything else on my phone. I don't watch anything on my laptop. I only watch it on those three things. I don't want to watch if it's not, if it's not on my Xbox, it's not going to be watched at all. <laughs> That's why I haven't subscribed to DC Universe, wherever the heck it's called. Slint, uh, this is from Dish Programming Chief Warren Schlich, Schlich, Schlitting. Sling is really seeing explosive growth with its ad revenue. We're seeing incredible results with targeted advertising. For its part, AT&T, which already is seeing DirecTV now, customer growth decelerated from its previously torrid pace. Uh, seems to be biting the bullet and trading profitability for growth. AT&T is in effect repositioning DirecTV now to sit on in the middle of its video value proposition between its upcoming premium OTT service and its bottom end AT&T watch streaming service. What is the, I don't know if they had an OTT service coming. Huh? That's insane. Why shouldn't it, shouldn't it all just be DirecTV now? So they're just going to thin it out and uh, we'll see what comes of that <laughs> in uh, the next life, in the next couple of years. Uh, last two things here. Oh, my God. I already have something for an episode in February. That's crazy. Oh, it's something that has to do with the Oscars. OK. Uh, lastly, Washington Post. I saw a story uh, at, for some reason, in the style section at NPR, an army of temps faces a workplace of anxiety and security. So there, uh, this is written by Paul Farhi. Wonderful story. Really gets you, really gets you a sense of what it's, what it's like working as a temp in NPR. So as I've mentioned before, uh, and as I've, as I've shown with the application, I am somebody who doesn't have a real job. <laughs> well, I do now, but I, I, ne- I didn't have a real job up until for about eight months, up until uh, for about twelve months, <laughs> up until a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, what my life really consisted was waking up every day and doing a bunch of menial crap that I didn't want to do. I almost said the S word. I did not. I just want to. I just want to be completely honest with you. Uh, a bunch of menial crap I didn't do. I don't want to do. I worked at retail. I worked uh, uh, app work. <laughs> I did a whole bunch of stuff. I've done, I've done manual labor. I've done everything. And that was even before I had the other real job, which was at a new station here. So I've done, I've done literally everything. And, uh, and in this, in this world, when you're young and you're, and you specialize in one thing or to specialize in a couple of things you get you, sometimes you work as an intern or you work as a freelance, which is what I'm doing, or you work as a temp, uh, at NPR, it's they you hear if you listen to NPR podcasts all the time, like I do, you hear them going, hey, come be an intern, come be an intern. What they never talk about is temps uh, and the watch. This is the Washington office. Uh, there were people who uh, there are people who work as temps and there are dozens. I want to say maybe 100, but there are dozens of people that work there and their jobs are not secure. Some and this is what this article is talking about. Sometimes they will get uh and this is since this is a public broadcaster, they get money from Amazon, they get money from uh, a bunch of other places. You if you donate money to NPR, which hopefully you do, uh coming from a guy <laughs> Never mind. I'll stop. <laughs> I almost had a job there. So, uh, very close. Listen to the application. It's a great podcast. <laughs> uh, so you get 
So, uh, but you, but you work as a temp and, uh, which is their way of saying, Hey, you have, you, you're working for us using our name, but you don't have a real job. You don't have benefits. You don't have any of this stuff, which blows. Um, Uh, so, uh, so basically you do anything you work at, you work under their morning news shows, you work under their uh, other news shows, you work, you write for them, you take pictures, you shoot video, you do all this stuff. Sometimes you have a job for a couple of weeks and then uh, you don't for a little bit. And then, uh, but, uh, but for there, it's really uncertain because they wouldn't call you until they like you, they needed you. Uh, then there was this. The sexual harassment scandal from uh, caused by Michael Orskis, and then a bunch of uh, temps. They were they finally were able to voice their opinion because they were they felt unsafe at the workplace. (laughs) And I'm I'm not laughing, uh, but they felt unsafe at the workplace. Uh, And I'm not saying it was all you know sexual harassment stuff, but here's here's a they had a NPR had a bunch of listening sessions. Here it is. Following these listening sessions conducted among 40 current and former temporary temporary journalists, NPR employees produced a report in May detailing a number of grievances and allegedly abusive practices. Among them, temps were often left in the dark about how long their assignments would last, how much they'd be getting paid. Uh, who they who they're reporting to or what their title was. They also said they received little feedback from supervisors after completing an assignment and were routinely overlooked in NPR's recruiting efforts. So basically, uh, oh, and a lot of people described NPR's attempt system as exploitive. Uh, some people, like I, like it said, you know, you you don't get a job uh, so most of the time. You know, some people were left in the dark. Um, and it's just really, this is a really stressful thing, especially if you're someone like me, uh, right? These people who are creatives working in the industry, trying to get into the industry, trying to have that, that, that golden idol. That is the job. I don't know what that is. I don't know what a golden idol is. I could have said something else. About 5% of the staff at the typical TV station was employed on a part-time or temporary basis, according to a survey conducted last year by the Radio Television Digital News Association. I was part of that 5% last year. They should have asked me. I would have given them a lot of crap. I was like, listen to this bull crap. <laughs> Radio stations, which usually have much smaller staffs than TV stations, reported an average of just one part-timer or temp in the survey. The number of temporary workers among stations has declined steadily over the past 10 years as the recession has eased, said Robert Papper, who conducted the survey. Uh, NPR, if what you get from the article is uh, NPR is... Uh, hold on. I want to tell you one thing. This is a very, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll get my thought out and then I'll, then I'll read this out. Uh, what do you get from your article is, uh, NPR is not really thinking when it comes to this stuff. They don't, they're not hiring in house. They're, they won't, they won't go with somebody they've been with for a very long time. Uh, it's very stressful. Very, it sucks to be there. I want to get to this really quick. NPR. This is a, this is from the same thing. NPR's temps are guaranteed minimum wages under a contract with the screen actors guild, American Federation of television and radio arts. That's SAG AFTRA. That means if you work at NPR, you're, you are SAG that's insane. I did not know. The labor union that represents most employees. The pay scale starts at around $21.63 an hour or about $45,000 per year based on 52 weeks of full-time work. Now, again, you're not guaranteed full-time work. Me, as a freelancer, I worked, uh, last week, I worked 46 hours. This week, I only worked 24. Next week, I'm only going to work uh, eight, uh, 16. Week of Christmas, I'm going to work, uh, again, another 40-hour week. <laughs> It does. It, it's insane. It doesn't make sense. 
Temporary employees also qualify for insurance benefit, insurance, health insurance, and other benefits if they work more than 30 hours per week in a two week uh, pay period. But that is not assured for everybody. Like I just said, you can get health insurance, but if you can, if, but only if you manage to work uh, consecutively. <laughs> Uh, and interviews, eight current and former temps described their employment at NPR as a stressful, precarious experience. Most spoke on the condition of anonymity to not jeopardize current future assignments. Uh, but there's a bunch of people who spoke uh, without anonymity, who didn't speak anonymously. I urge you to check out this article. It's really, it's wonderful. It's great. Uh, very well written. And it really t- tells you about the, the crap that's going on at NPR. Let's not end on a sad note. Let's go into something happy. A uh, very happy, a very good, that's still on NPR. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, it's a show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's a podcast. It's a radio. It's a live radio program, but it's a podcast that I listen to every single week. So good. Uh, it's a game show uh, between three panelists, and then there's a there's a, usually a famous person, too. Uh, and it's going to be, hopefully, this is the second time, it's going to be a TV show, NBC Universal Cable Entertainment's. <laughs> Wilshire Studios, that just kept going, has teamed with Stored Media Group to develop a TV series based on a long-running NPR program. If you check the show notes for this podcast, you can see the article comes from Deadline, Nelly Andriva, and Dino Ray Romanos. I know Nelly. I don't know her personally. I've seen that name so many times because I have to read this. Detroit Mediologist dies by suicide. Oh, my God. What? What the heck? Jesus, why is this number three on Deadline? (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Uh, Peter Sagal uh, hosts the show and uh, it's had a bunch of famous celebrity people, like I said before, but the TV adaptation will stay true to the original while delivering bigger visual and variety themed games that can't be captured on the radio. It'll be an hour long current events trivia. No, cut it down to 30 minutes. The, sh- the show, the, the podcast, the radio version is already an hour long. But I think in order for this to work on television, it needs to be uh, pared down. It'll be an hour long current events trivia. And the only thing it needs to be pared down is because uh, it'll move faster that way. If they do an hour long and it's political comedy and they do, I don't know, and it has to be current too, political current comedy. Uh, which means it has to be within the week that they shoot it, that <laughs> that they air it. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be half an hour. So you can do some nice tight editing, cut out all the all the stuff, all the jokes that don't land. Anyway, this is that's just my two cents. It'll be an hour long current events trivia game featuring three celebrity panelists who will compete in a series of co- uh, comedic challenges, earning points as they correctly answer questions about the week's news. The panelist who earns the most points will earn a cash prize for charity of his or her own choice. Uh, hosts for the TV version is yet to be announced. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to choose Peter Sagal. They could get, um, you know, I, you know, it's just got to, it's got to, it's so strange when these shows uh, make their way to television. I really hope that they are able to keep the same voice. Uh, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to have Peter Sagal uh, behind uh, or uh, Bill Curtis as the announcer. They could do Bill Curtis as the announcer, but this show is typically taped in, um, Chicago at WBEZ live from WBEZ at the blank theater. I forgot the theater's name. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm excited. I will watch the show. Uh, I don't think it'll take much to put it on to produce it. What I'm saying is give me the job. I am in a producer. I am in a producer. <laughs> I am in a producer and you uh, should hire me. NBC universal Wilshire studios. <laughs> 
it's, it's, it's very strange. This, uh, this whole NPR story, <laughs> I don't want to end on a bad note, but this whole NPR story, uh, like I wanted to work there so bad and not the Washington. I don't want to go to Washington, <laughs> but I wanted to work at NPR. And, uh, but it's, it's very strange to when a, when a big company like this, when it, when it comes out that they don't have the best practices, uh, when it comes to treating their workers, some of well, some of their workers, just their temporary workers, then that's, uh, I'm putting my hands inside my cardigan and wrapping them up. It's very, it's very, uh, disheartening and it really, it blows that something like that has to happen. Uh, and it get announced like that. It's kind of like, and I'm not liking this, uh, even though both companies did have a sexual harassment thing, uh, uh, Les Moonves at CBS, he, he, so much bad stuff, so much bad stuff from a, from the front facing person of the entire company, so many bad things. And, uh, and when, you know, reading all the stories, his is one that I'm reading a lot about, uh, mostly because it's the, it's the biggest one right now, but, uh, Les Moonves is just the worst person <laughs> on the face of the planet. And uh, how he how he got his wife to just lie for him. And she's like, I believe him. And he's like, I had to do a dang thing, which is it's insane. It's crazy. Uh, it's not it's not, you know, it's not Matt Lauer levels, but he's that's oh boy. But I read something where uh, I think it was Candace Bergen. Was it Candace Bergen said uh, my show would have lasted another five years if I had done that thing for Leslie for Les Moonves. And uh, the only thing I can think of is that is just disgusting. Why do you have to like if I had that power? I would not. Well, first of all, <laughs> I understand how you have to how you're so horny that you're like, I'm going to touch these people. That's insane, man. Just go touch yourself. <laughs> This is not what this show is about, <laughs> but I'm just so disgusted by Les Moonves. That's just so, this is the most powerful man in broadcasting, the most powerful man in broadcasting. And he did this. Oh God. He's a garbage monster. Julie Chen. I don't know what you're doing, girl. Anyway, if you like what you heard here, watch it on over at cpluscomedy.com where we've got a couple interviews. We got some other things. We got the application podcasts. Uh, subscribe to all things C plus comedy on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Your podcast player of choice. My leg feels. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's a video version of this show. If you want to see my dumb face and this cardigan, you can also go on to uh, youtube.com slash equals comedy to watch the video version of the show. That's also where uh, our premiere show for Seabless Comedy lives. It's called News Time. I don't know if this camera's still on, so I keep looking at it because it's just out of habit. Uh, it's called News Time. I actually did the last episode for the year, which was very tumultuous last week. Last week was so difficult getting that episode out. Uh, but it came out on Monday. It's insane. It came out at eight o'clock on Monday, which is great, which is awesome, which is what I aim for. <laughs> uh, it's a very it's a very good show, News Time. It's a entertainment news show, <laughs> kind of like the Daily Show, except less funny. I didn't want to say that again, but I've said it about 40 times this year, so I'll say it one more time. Um, 
the final episode for the year was the last time I will ever cover MoviePass. MoviePass is garbage company. Uh, Mitch Lowe did a horrible job. <laughs> Ted Farnsworth ran Helios Madison into the ground. They're going to be delisted from the NASDAQ in about five days. So there we go. Definitely check it out. It's a good episode. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I dressed up in a suit and everything. <laughs> oh, definitely check it out. It's a wonderful episode. Uh, I cannot stress enough. Watch news time uh, for the next three weeks. You will be getting bloopers and the plus five special, which is great, which is, I don't even have to write much. <laughs> I'll just knock those out today. This afternoon, and then I'll film them and I'll be done <laughs> for three weeks. Well, I do already have the top of the year planned out. When I say top of the year, I mean, I have January through March planned out. So this is going to be real fun this year. This is the first year I have episodes ready to go. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, here's to another year, near of news time. Here's to another year of the constitutionals, which will still be coming at you live <laughs> for those people that still listen. This is a long episode. I knew it was going to be long because I had a lot to talk about. Uh, thank you for listening. If this camera is still on, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, please. Uh, I have zero ratings. You know, I'll go rate myself. I'll go rate myself. <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Go rate yourself, Chad. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. I very much appreciate it. You're the best. I love you. Bye.